0: Another episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. Hi, 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 hi. I am, of course, your host, Jenez. How y'all doing? How is everyone doing? Of course, at the time of this release, the exact time of this episode's release. Well, I might release a little bit early, so you have something to listen to while you wait. The Steam Deck OLED, oh my, OLED, will be released for ordering, that is. I'm very curious how many there will be for shipping now, and how quickly those will sell out. I am assuming the one terabyte model will be the best chance of getting one shipping now, because you'll have a split between those opting for the cheaper model with the anti-clear not screen and then those who are going to splurge trying shrine trying, trying for the limited edition model which I was initially quite fond of and have grown more and more disgusted by I don't like the orange accents especially the underside of the analog stick specifically. If everything else was orange, that is orange on that version, I think it's okay. But if the accents were more of a blue gradient, I think that could look pretty slick, pretty slick. It's a cool little device. It's a very, 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 very nice to have device. It would be very nice to have one, but not going to happen. Before we get on to what I've been playing, I want to talk about a few things as well as one thing I watched, but this is something I've talked about numerous times in the past and it's something I am going to break the record with here, repeating myself once again. But I really do want to try and get to a place where my discourse, my talking about games, movies, etc., and any potential new shows down the line and whatnot, where it is more of a reflection of me and not more of the traditional, hey... This is how the game works. This is what the buttons do. This is what the back of the box would say. Let me turn my fan on. Thank you very much. Because you get that already in so many other places. And I will never be the first to talk about anything. And while there is value in that, I do believe there is more value in me talking about my experience with stuff how things made me feel, what stood out to me. For instance, I think from the last episode, me talking about Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl 2 and how the jump ruined the game for me. That is a very me thing about my experience with that game. And that may not provide you with the information you want, but. It provides you with my information. And if you're here, listening to the show, I'm assuming you want the most authentic me you can get, right? That's why you're here. If you wanted the latest breaking, first reaction, opinion, whatever, you're not going to get it here. You're not going to get the first review of this game or that game the first thoughts of this game or that game movie, whatever not going to happen so I'd like to get better at talking about my experience with a game and the things that stood out to me not trying to touch upon every aspect of a game Both here and and Attack the Backlog and everything. I just want to be me. I want to be me. I want to be... That's No, that's not I want to be me. That's I want to be rich. Right? That old song? Someone listening, tell me. I want to be rich. Wasn't that one of the earliest MTV music video popular songs? I like that song. But enough about that. I can go on and on about what I want to do. We'll see if any of that happens. But before I get on to what I've been playing, which includes, let us get that list up so you can see. Ebenezer and the Invisible World, The Talus Principle 2, Karma Zoo, Berserk Recharge, No Son of Mine and Cats and... Nope, not that one. (laughs) Forgot about that one. Nope, did not play that one. Shh, don't talk. Before I get to those games that I played, I finally got around to watching Transformers Rise of the Beast. And that is in the running for worst Transformers movie to date. Not because it is as poorly written as the Bay movies. Or as bad in general as they are. But because it is. The most boring Transformers movie to date. I cannot believe how boring that movie was. It takes itself. Incredibly seriously. The one comic relief character. There may have been others. I guess Mirage is kind of. Comic relief. On the Transformers side. But then he's voiced by. Pete Davidson and that really bothered me every time he opened his fucking mouth but the one comic relief human character the buddy of the main guy was a moron and not funny and I just had a really most forgettable Transformers movie and as bad as the other movies are on an objective level, you could say. They're at least so bad they're interesting, so bad they're good in many ways. I fucking love the first Mark Wahlberg movie. That is my favorite Transformers movie because it is so fucking batshit insane. And you get none of that in Rise of the Beasts. The Beasts are barely the, even the color palette it's, it's a very ugly movie there's not a lot of color to it there's not a lot of even sunlight I don't remember there being I felt like it was just a constant haze and my memory of it is very hazy It's just it was very bad I was really surprised by how bad it was the most exciting part of the entire movie which because I think Jedi watched it as well when he was watching all of them. The most exciting part of the movie is the very end when they tease a crossover that I guess was maybe already known, and he may have mentioned it, but I don't remember it, so when that showed up, I was like, oh, that could be interesting. But if if it's a crossover on the same level of quality as this mixed with Snake Eyes the movie thanks but no thanks anywho let's get on to what I've been playing starting with Ebenezer and the Invisible World a Metroidvania like where you play as Ebenezer Scrooge in a world that looks like It was made by the same people who made a low-budget anime. The art style reminds me very much of low-quality anime with very basic animations, missing frames. And the animations in the game don't look that great. The art, I don't particularly like. And then the combat, I'm not overly fond of. The the world, the, the background art, dull and doesn't look good repeated like some other art does. But what I don't like about the combat is that. One. A good amount of the enemies don't do anything. They're just there and you kill them and you get some coins. Most of the time. But they're not attacking you. So why? What are they there for? Other than give me some coins. I kind of feel bad killing them. But then when you're fighting actual enemies, the repetition of combat is often, go up to them to initiate their attack, then do your little backdash to get out of the way, and while they're recovering and getting ready to attack again, get in a few swipes before backdashing again, rinse and repeat. Gets old fast. And I don't like the fact that you can only dash backward. You can't dash in the direction you're pointing the analog stick the one kind of interesting aspect of the game is the ghost system so you'll unlock ghosts as you complete tasks for them you'll run into them and they'll ask you to do a little mission a little objective complete it and then they'll be added to your repertoire of ghosts some of which Open up the world so that you can explore more of it and access new areas and others that work as magic, essentially. So your very first ghost will do a kind of uppercut in front of you. And then one of the first other ghosts you run into will reveal balloons in the environment that allow you to reach higher heights and new areas. And another one that will do a spinning fire attack surrounding you. Which is very powerful, especially against bosses. I destroyed the first boss using that ability. Because they just sat there and took it like a punk ass. But I found the whole experience rather dull and boring. Like the art. And everything else about the game. It's also incredibly, incredibly talky. Holy shit. I just remembered the fucking game starts with it maybe was a little bit shorter. could have been a little bit longer, but it felt like at least 10 minutes of story in very poorly done, weirdly heavily artifacted slideshow cutscene shit that had no voice acting. A lot of text to read that did not ask you to advance it when you wanted to, so you could miss it if you're a slow reader. And then not even sound effects to go along with the action happening in these little pictures, these slides. So you see an object break. You don't even hear a object breaking. You just hear this very quiet background music the entire time that made it really hard to care about all this text being dumped on you over the course of the first 10 or so minutes before you even got a chance to play any of the game I'm not a fan of that kind of introduction to a game, I've I've, I've talked about that in the past, I don't like getting a huge story dump before I even get a chance to play the game So I was not a fan of, well, I wasn't a fan of that, but I was trying to say I wasn't fond of that. And then, as you keep playing, you run into characters, and a lot of them just like to talk a lot. And the story and the writing is not interesting. But that's Ebenezer and The Invisible Next up is the Talos Principle 2, which is a first-person puzzler that reminded me quite a bit of The Witness. Sort of The Witness mixed with Portal. In that, after you get through the prologue and the introduction that's very heavily story-related, you get sent to this area that is open, and you can kind of freely explored, but then you end up going into this little area that is going to send you to a specific place to solve puzzles. But in the first bit of the game, the puzzles are very derivative, standard stuff of putting blocks on buttons to open areas and manipulating beams of light of various colors to open pathways and it's, it's solid. There is a quality and a performance mode. I would highly recommend playing on the performance mode because in either mode, I'm playing on Xbox Series X, I don't think it looks super great. I think it looks much better when you're in more industrial areas or underground areas and not when you are outdoors in the wilderness, the trees and all that don't look particularly good which i'm assuming is because it is a fairly large area and it's just a lot of repetition it's just, it doesn't look great at least on console maybe it looks better on pc so i would just recommend playing on performance mode also i i could notice a lot of slowdown happening on quality mode not a lot a lot just it was it was not smooth enough that i did not like playing on it, and the visual trade-off was not significant that playing on performance mode was uh, hurt by that. But the puzzles were pretty alright in the two hours I played of the game. However, I was unable to engage with the narrative And I'm not sure if it's because the first game is kind of essential if you want to do that. You don't have to engage with the narrative. You can just kind of pay enough attention to make sure you're doing what you need to do to progress the story so that you can get to the next puzzle or whatever. But. I think I want to care about the story. It seems like there's probably something interesting there and whether or not it's true. I feel like I'm missing something by having not played the first game. So I would like to do that before continuing with two, because there was just something that felt missing while I was playing the whole time. But it, it seems all right. I know it's a a long game. And I'm not sure if the first game is that long as well. And I think I'm coming to realize that. First person puzzles like this. And maybe just puzzle games in general. They're the kinds of games that. I don't want to last too long. I really like puzzle games when they're on the shorter side. Because then. Their puzzle gimmicks. In the Talos Principle 2, you already started switching things up in the first main area where they start playing around with RGB and manipulating color. That was kind of cool. But I always worry that the puzzles are going to get tired and repeated and these are going to wear out their welcome. When they should just be shorter and give us uh, the right amount. For instance, I like Portal 1 more than Portal 2. A more recent example from this year, I thought of Viewfinder, while not super challenging from a puzzle standpoint, I really liked that game and its length because it did some unique new things, and then it was over. The problem with Viewfinder was just that its attempt at trying to deliver a story was really, really bad, and did not want to deal with any of that. But I prefer these games when they're on the shorter set, and I think this one is in the 15 and 20 hour range. But I'm gonna check out the first game before I continue with the second one. But if you if you like these games, worth checking out. It's well made. The puzzles are from what i've played so far well well crafted and not too challenging i haven't run into anything yet at least but it's still so early on that i don't i don't think they would try to or want to put in anything that would potentially halt someone's progress that is again the Talos principle 2 next up is karmazu a forced co-op 2D platformer that gave me incredible anxiety, and that is something that is going to differ from person to person. Your mileage will vary heavily in this game, which is a shame because I love the look of it, I love the sound of it, I love the way it feels. Got a nice double jump. The whole gimmick behind it is that you can do local co op. But if that's not an option, you have to play with other people online. I believe believe you can host a game and play with people you know, but more than likely you're gonna play with strangers. Up to 10 people can play together. And the way it works is that in order to progress through an area, You'll have to have somebody who's uh, standing on a switch so they'll open a the doorway and then that person or the multiple people can cross through there, stand on another switch, it'll keep it open so the other person can get back. And it's about working together despite being unable to talk with each other and encourages working together because one, you have to do it in order to progress in the game or you're just not going to be able to do anything. while that's neat, it has a very journey-ish vibe to it in that sense. I found it incredibly anxiety-inducing to have to play that way with no single player option whatsoever. Part of the problem is that when starting a level, starting a run with a bunch of strangers is that they'll, in my experience, Try and get a full room of ten people, and that is just fucking chaos. The screen is just littered with a bunch of people going about, and they're all going to try and do the same thing. And and everyone is wanting to work together, but even so, you have all these little pixel people of various forms and shapes, the blobs if they are new to the game, and then you might have a wolf a mother thing a robot looking thing and it's just madness it's absolute madness and depending on who you're playing with you'll have a bunch of people who don't want to do the the thing of sacrificing themselves so that everyone else can get through an area and then you can catch up so I ended up being that person quite often and at one point I stood on a thing to let everyone through and then they just left me behind, and I died, and I just followed them as a ghost until they got to the next area. And I was like, "I don't like this. They're mean to me. Why are they all? Why are they so mean to me?" But I think if you can find a, it's like with anything when you're playing with randoms. You could find a good bunch. You could find a bad bunch. You could find a mixed bunch. Who knows? But the, the the general concept of the game, I think, is super interesting and something that will appeal to a lot of people. But for me, it's I can I just play by myself, please? Can I just play by myself? No. Oh, okay. All right. I, I think though, if I had the ability to play with some a group of people I knew, it could be a really fun time because it looks good, sounds great again. And I do like the way it feels. It's a, it's a simple platformer. You just jump and a double jump. But it feels good. Nice tight controls. But that is Karma Zoo. Every time I see the title. I just want to start singing Karma Police. And it drives me nuts. But that is very... It's a very, very interesting game. Next up though is... Berserk Recharge which is the latest game in the Atari line of rechargification of classic games. They've done quite a few of these at this point and Berserk might be my new favorite. I never played this game originally but I have found myself growing more and more addicted to laying it and it's because of a certain thing that i did to adjust the game experience that i'll get to shortly but the way it works is that you're going from room to room to room that are getting progressively more difficult over time I'm not sure what the exact number was. I don't know if it's always the same or how it changes. But you'll typically go through 6 to 10 rooms, I'd say, of a certain difficulty level. And then after that, it'll bump up the difficulty, rinse and repeat. So another 6 to 10 levels in that new difficulty. And then another tier above that, another tier above that. And the way it works is that you go into these rooms, there'll be a certain number of enemies in there that you have to dispatch. You don't have to dispatch them. But after a certain amount of time, or if you dispatch all the enemies quickly, one of the doorways to another room will start flashing red with a countdown timer of five seconds. And after that timer gets down to zero... A giant smiley face ball will come after you. And it's basically saying... It's time you moved on. Get the fuck out of this room and go to the next one. Go to another one. Just get the hell out of here. I, I think there is some kind of bonus to your score... If you manage to make your way to that door... And go through it before... The big bad smiley face gets through. But that's basically all there is to the game. You get into a room... Take out all of the enemies or as many as you can in a certain amount of time and then move on to the next room and you want to spare enemies and get to the next room as fast as possible to keep your multiplier going which is a max of 5 times multiplier and you're just doing that over and over and over again the problem with the game at the default settings is that it's a very slow build so it can take Close to 10 minutes before it starts getting challenging. And that's not fun. That is something a lot of games like this have as a problem. A lot of the Vampire Survivor games have this problem where it takes so long before the game gets challenging. And therefore engaging. And it's really, really boring to deal with all that. And the way you alleviate that is in Vampire Survivors, for instance. You can... Speed up the pace of the game. You can get a bit of a jump start, a head start, and so on and so forth. And that is what you can do in Berserk Recharge. There are three modifiers you can turn on that will each give you a bonus 100% to your final score. You can turn off all power-ups, start the run with only one health point, and... What is the other one? The uh, Removing the ability to dash. Once I played through the game the first time, just with the default settings, everything turned on, and had a not great experience with it. I, I also checked out the Challenge Worlds, which are just like in the other Recharge games, a bunch of objective-based levels that are okay, But not my preferred way to play them. They're they're fine if you are someone who likes to find the perfect run so that you can get the absolute best score you can and get the the top of the leaderboards. But I I, I prefer the arcade modes in these games. And once I turned on all of those those modifiers, I had such a better time playing the game because it... Was then challenging from the very first second. Because. If I got hit once. Runs over. Because I turned the power ups off. Can't get any more health. So I'm always going to be stuck with that one life. So. With all those modifiers on. The inability to dash. It made it so that. The the game was exciting from second one. Because. It was a one. One one hit, and it's over, run. It made me play more aggressively, so that there are plenty of times where I ended a run early because I just was doing stupid shit. And it's a twin-six shooter, I don't know, I I didn't mention that, but it is a twin-six shooter, that is the main action of the game. Probably easily assumed by the fact that you're going into these areas and dispatching enemies, how else would you be doing it? but it is a twin six shooter and it feels solid as that. But once I I think the modifiers really are required to have a good time and a good time I I had, I really, really liked playing it and I will keep playing it. It's it's also nice seeing that score just blow up because you have 300% the score that you would if you were just playing it normally makes it really easy to climb off that leaderboard too In the little bit i played i ended up second on the leaderboard and i could easily get at number one right now if i wanted to not that that would last but it's very very good i had i I enjoyed it quite a bit i'm i'm enjoying in general just Atari is Atari's doing good things. Even when I don't love a Recharge game, I appreciate what they're doing. And it seems that they've got a good head on their shoulders. And there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic about, what are, about Atari's future, which is surprising. I never thought Atari would ever be relevant again. But good on them. Even though... That hotel's never going to happen. Then the last game I played is No Son of Mine, which is a first-person survival horror game that feels very made via templates. I am so fucking sick of survival horror games taking place in abandoned schools. Give me an interesting environment. Give me an interesting story. Give me interesting gameplay. Give me something. No Son of Mine has no interesting son of shit. It was was just... It doesn't look good. It's not scary. The way it works is that you got a little fucking evil boy or something with red eyes that will come after you every now and again. You know it's going to happen when the lights turn off. And you can run and hide into a glowing blue closet. Or when you get your little ray gun thing, you can shoot it right as it's about to hit you and stun it for a little bit and then continue going about solving this mystery as you, Mr. Detective... I, I was not particularly fond of what I played. So yeah, that's no son of mine. No son of mine. Don't waste your time. Put it on the back of the box. But that's it in terms of what I've been playing. Except I, I guess I'll touch upon before I wrap up the show. I did finish Robocop, Rogue City. And I really like it. Obviously, I wouldn't have finished it if I didn't like it. Got all the achievements, which is pretty easy to do. There aren't that many that are missable. And even if they are, you can easily go back to various checkpoints to get them. Performance. In performance mode, solid for the most part. There is a mission in particular. And and certain sections where the action is very, very heavy. And there are a lot of particles all over the place. Sparks flying. It can get a bit messy. But overall, pretty good. Except for the one mission at the Old Mill, I believe. Which has a name along the lines of... There can be only one. I'm not sure if it's exactly that. Because I don't know if they wanted to make a Highlander reference. Like that. But it's where Becker is... Using RoboCop as a test subject for his new army of robots. Sending them at you in various waves. And in that section, holy crap, it seemed like the frame rate dropped from being around 60 to 20s, maybe even the teens. It it was a fucking absolute mess. As things were just exploding all over the screen. But I I really like the game. It can get a bit bogged down with all the menial stuff. But again, a lot of that stuff you don't have to do. And I think that's important to note because I've seen other people talk about the game. And talk about that kind of stuff in a negative way. In a, a way that makes it sound like. That stuff is required to progress, and in most cases, if not all cases, it's not. I can't say for sure that you cannot do all of it because I did all of it anyway, but I'm pretty sure you can skip a lot of it. The, the, the only side objective I didn't have completed was to serve and protect one for each of the open area sections when you go into the city which has you going around exploring the city and trying to find primes as they're happening. I didn't really feel like doing that. Because, of course, being Robocop, you walk everywhere. You have a bit of a fast walk. You don't have quite a sprint, but you can move a bit faster than normal. So There is a, a mild type of sprint in the game, more of a fast walk again. But... After I played through it, one, I think it it really drags its feet in that final, final act, the final mission, just keeps going and going and going, and I eventually got sick of mowing down all these enemies, and then when it seems that the game is over, you've cleared that area, you've beaten this final bad guy get back to the police station and you get to talk to all the people who were a significant part of the story for you and see where things lie with all of them. It seems like the game's going to end. And and then you have one final mission with one final boss fight that goes on and on and on and it's just a poor decision, I'd say. Uh, That didn't need to be there. That didn't add anything to the experience. But what I left the game with was a desire to see something I really like the way the game plays I like the gun combat a lot as repetitive as it became it still felt really good as much as the performance could take a hit here and there I think they could probably clean it up a bit and the action on screen looks really really good with all the particle effects, sparks flying, papers flying, etc. It's a very, very satisfying combat system. The gunplay is a very, very satisfying. The impact on enemies, it's all great. And what I started thinking, probably halfway through my experience, is that I would really love for, and it's in the title, Rogue City, some kind of rogue light. DLC that took the combat, took the skill tree, and let you go on runs that are more combat focused, don't have any of the menial tasks where they have you and just maybe make it some kind of simulation in his head, some kind of A simulation where he has to relearn how combat works or whatever, and he can throw in new combat systems experimental systems maybe that could be the the conceit of the new game mode or a standalone thing where they're going to be testing a bunch of new combat systems with RoboCop to see what sticks and what doesn't so you'll have a, I'm not going to try and come up with anything off the top of my head here but I would really like something that dumbs down the experience to just the combat and allows you to have a lot of fun encounters because that that is the highlight of the game as fun and as silly as it is seeing Robocop do menial work it's a lot more fun when you're just getting to blast enemies away and see limbs flying heads exploding, People screaming, my arm, my arm, where's my arm? I don't have an arm anymore. And stuff like that. So just give me more of that. It's a a solid game. A solid, solid game. And had me thinking, okay, this studio, they successfully made a Terminator game. It It was a solid game that didn't give me huge Terminator vibes, but it was still an enjoyable time. And then they have made now this Robocop game that is a lot better at being a Robocop game and is a lot of fun. What can they do next in the same vein? And my one hesitance for, uh, in the sense, would be that it's probably too similar to Robocop. So it, it would maybe not be the best choice to make immediately after Robocop. But my first inclination was this studio should make a dread game. A dread game from them after showing they have the chops with Terminator and Robocop. Come on, make a dread game. That'd be that'd be a good time, I think. So do it. And I just found out that they're a Polish company. And I believe People Can Fly is a Polish company. So I'm curious. I'm curious. Uh, all, everything I just said could be fucking bullshit too. Maybe People Can Fly isn't Polish, but I think People Can Fly. And I'm... People Can Fly is the, the studio that did Bulletstorm, right? I feel like there could be some people who worked over there on this team because there's a bit of that Bulletstormy stormy type of energy here. Good on you, Poland. I say as a fellow. Polak. Obviously with my last name, Krzysznecz. Jesus Christ. Good old Sicilian Polak here. Anywho. That's it. That's all. That'll do it for this year episode of the Takes the Latest Sausage Show. Once again, I am Mark Krzysznecz. Y'all can find me pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. If you enjoy this year's show or any of the stuff I do and what have you, you can support me and my nonsense over at patreon.com slash pxs that is again patreon.com slash pxs where depending on the tier you can get access to a weekly Q&A unless people don't ask questions if they don't ask the questions I ain't gonna answer the nothings but as long as people ask questions a weekly Q&A Q&A you will get and the occasional private stream because I will never publicly stream again and I'm excited to return to those there them streams with my scheduled return for the Game of awards the Game of Awards, the Game of Wars. No, the Game of Awards. That is when I plan to return to streaming as I stream those and we have a nice fun stupid time. So if any of that stuff sounds interesting Maybe join the Patreon at the all you can oatmeal tier. But in addition to that, you can get a link to everything else like the site, the YouTube, the podcast, the Discord, and everything else you could possibly want to link to over at pxsausage.com. That is pxsausage.com. But that is it. That is all. As always, Thank you for watching or listening. I hope you enjoyed this here episode and I hope you have both a wonderful rest of your day, a lovely rest of your week, and a fantastic weekend. But for now, adios, uh, arrivederci, bye!